Good morning and welcome to the Personnel Committee of the San Francisco County Transportation Authority. I'm the chair of the committee, Aaron Peskin, joined by vice chair to my right, uh, Commissioner Katie Tang. Um, our clerk is still Steve Stamos. Is this your last meeting, Steve? Very possibly. Very possibly. Could, and I've just called the roll. Uh, is, can you read the next item, please? Item two, approve the minutes of the November 30th, 2016 meeting. This is an action item. Is there any public comment on the minutes? Seeing none, public comment is closed. Is there a motion to approve the minutes for the November 30th, 2016 pers personnel committee? Commissioner? Okay. <laughs> yes, approve. <laughs> okay, motion to approve the minutes. We will take that with, um, out of objection. And, uh, Next item, please. Item three, a closed session item, evaluation of public employee performance and recommend approval of the executive director's performance objective for 2018. This is an action item. Okay, insofar as this is a personnel matter, we are going to go into closed session on this item. Um, is there any public comment on item number three? Ms. Lombardo, would you like to make some public comment? All right, public comment is closed. Uh, we will go in closed session. Right. Oh, Ms. Chang. All right. Okay. SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television. GovTV, San Francisco Government Television. Good morning, everyone. My name is Ed Riskin. I'm the Director of Transportation here in the City and County of San Francisco. Uh, so glad to be with you all today under this beautiful sunshine to mark really what is a once-in-a-generation milestone for Muni, for the transit service, and for the people of San Francisco Today we're putting into service uh, this beautiful vehicle that's behind us. Um, and the, a lot of folks are responsible for getting us here. I want to acknowledge Mayor Lee, Assemblymember Ting, uh, President Breed, who is I'm sure on her way, um, our state and federal and regional partners, um, and the tremendous work of our transit director, John Haley and his staff, a lot of whom are in uh, bright colored bright colored vests and jackets, uh, as well as many other parts of our agency, the safety division, the training division, the communications division, uh, materials division, maintenance, everybody coming together, accessible services, everybody coming together uh, to get us to this point. Uh, the reason why this is so exciting for us 
is because the demands on rail service continue to grow in San Francisco. And if you look at the cranes in the sky, if you look at the projections of growth, that's only going to continue. And so we need a better, more reliable, higher capacity, more enjoyable way for people to be able to get through the city. And that's exactly what these rail cars signify for us. This car is the first of 24 of the first batch that, that will be going into service. Those 24 will be in service before the end of next year. Uh, following that, there's another 44 that come. And these are all in addition to the 151 cars that we currently have in service. So this is expansion. That means more service. It means longer trains, more two-car trains, uh, more three-car trains, and more frequent service along our rail lines, which is really the workhorse of the Muni system. Um, and it's not just capacity, but these vehicles have been exceptionally engineered and meticulously designed uh, to provide state-of-the-art, uh, much better ride, much better experience for our riders, quieter, smoother, better acceleration, deceleration, uh, better amenities in terms of customer and rider information, um, but also uh, for us, better ADA access, better access for people uh, with strollers, uh, wheelchairs, or just people who need uh, more space, uh, but also for us uh, and for our riders, much, much more reliability. Um, these are engineered uh, for uh, to be reliable vehicles to have to go much much uh, longer uh, between times where they need to be serviced. To they have advanced diagnostics that will make it easier for our folks to maintain to do more not just predict uh, preventative maintenance but predictive maintenance so that these guys will spend more time out on the streets than they will in the shops. Um, so I, I could go on about this. This is uh, I feel very lucky to be the, the director at a time when we're introducing this. Like I said, this is really a once-in-a-generation kind of thing. And we're only able to do this uh, because of the leadership that we have in our city, in our region, our state, and, and our country that is supportive, all the folks working together to get us here. Um, and the, the number one uh, leader behind this, someone who, as a former public works director, uh, gets the importance of infrastructure and supporting the quality of life and economy of our city is our chief executive. So please join me in welcoming the mayor of the city and county, Ed Lee. Good morning. Good morning. It's really uh, great to be here on a sunny Friday. We had a lot to celebrate, but you're looking behind on that nice new LRV with a red bow. Uh, all we're missing is the tree. And so once we get the tree down, then we're going to really have uh, an occasion. But uh, the Friday before Thanksgiving, we got a lot of things to be thankful for. And I want to begin by saying thank you to our partners at the state. I know Phil and uh, Governor's Office and all of our SF delegation work really hard to make sure we got cap-and-trade uh, monies uh, because that allowed us to go from, I think, a planned stuff with our federal partners. Les is here today. We originally planned for some 25 of these to arrive, and in the same time period, we're going to get more than 65. I think it's 68 is the number, Mike, right? So Mike's from Siemens. Uh, this, these are all built in the state of California by Siemens Corporation, but 
they also were designed with great input from our own staff. People who have years of mechanics trouble and problem were in that design. Our drivers for, for their, their ideas for safety and convenience of our ridership. Of course, John Haley and his whole operations had great input. And of course, we get Siemens who is building rail cars for all over the world, but they gave us some priority here when we said we want more of new stuff in San Francisco. So we're getting that. This is the first one that rolls off. Ed Riskin, to you and the commission and the entire staff, I want to say thank you because you're delivering on a promise we made to our ridership. The hundreds and thousands of people uh, that want and do depend on Muni. But now you're going to have cleaner, more reliable. It goes from kind of an average of five years before major maintenance to some 49 years of operations before we retire these vehicles. That's a huge, huge amount of years to add uh, with these new LRVs. Uh, I'm, so I'm particularly proud of all the agencies that we had from the state level, the federal uh, transportation agencies, the State Department of Transportation, working with our MTA, our commissioners, and all of the operators. Uh, but I'm also wanting to say this, that every day I ask people in San Francisco to display their best, to represent the city of love and compassion, to make sure they're always welcoming. Well, every morning for hundreds of thousands of people, the first person they see is the Muni driver. And for them to uh, smile every time they see somebody, when everyone brings on all the things that we welcome in the city. Because when we welcome that diversity, we also welcome everybody with whatever problems they have, whatever things they're experiencing, whatever things they can't solve, they hop on Muni. And for that short period of time, we experience their lives for a moment. And the first person that does that are our Muni drivers. So let me thank the Transport Workers Union and every driver that every day got to put that smile on and make sure they're the front face of our municipal transportation agency. Uh, and that's why we're, we're celebrating uh, the family of Larry Martin. We'll, we'll say a few more words about that in a moment. I know Iris is here uh, as the daughter of uh, Larry B. Martin, but I, I just wanted to begin with that praise and give the praise to the people who work every day in the system. And we honored them by getting their input in this design as well. So these LRVs are not just a train that came from some. They were literally designed with the expert engineering at Siemens, complemented by all of our experience in making sure that there were less parts to have to deal with, as Ed said, diagnostics that will give us better maintenance, uh, and seating arrangements, uh, color arrangements, uh, material arrangements that are much more appropriate for the hundreds of thousands of people that ride every day, that we will provide them with the best transportation system we can have. Uh, this is a good occasion, too, because we already tested this, so we're not going to make any mistakes, right, Ed? In fact, I think I'm, there's a first driver on here. I forgot her name. I met her, but she's already a little nervous. I said, no, 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 these all have been tested. And the, I want to thank the public because when we tested them, we had to close down a few systems for a few weekends. And I want to say thank you to the general public for tolerating these testing periods so we can get everything right. When they roll on, we want everybody to have the positive experience of these new LRVs. Because as voters, as people time and time again, when we get feedback, 
uh, we've incorporated the public's demands that these be a better system, better LRVs when we get them. And that's how you're going to support future bonds, future initiatives for the city to keep a high level of uh, ridership, but also a high level of the entire system working on time, within budget, delivering more than what's promised, and getting it uh, to be people-oriented and people-friendly. So that's my way of saying thank you to everybody that's involved. When you get everybody together and you find all the room for people to have input, you're going to have some great gifts that we give each other. LRVs are just the beginning because after that, MTA is going to deliver a lot of other things for the city, including a new central subway very soon. Thank you, everybody. MTA, congratulations. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. And, and it's, it's not just on time, it's ahead of time. So, so we're, we're trying to exceed expectations with this procurement. And, and speaking of exceeding expectations, uh, we're extremely fortunate here uh, in San Francisco to have such great representation in Sacramento. And generally speaking, to have such a strong and progressive state legislature and governor in California. The, this, this year in particular, was really an extraordinarily productive one uh, for the legislature and the governor in terms of transportation. Uh, two bills were passed and signed by the governor uh, that will allow people in the region to vote for increased uh, bridge tolls to better fund transit in the region, as well as a potential increased uh, sales tax across the three Caltrain counties to provide Caltrain for the first time with a dedicated source of revenue. And even more significant, Senate Bill 1 uh, again, like this uh, rail car, a once-in-a-generation uh, kind of change in the way we fund transportation in San Francisco and in California, uh, none of which would, would have been possible uh, without the strength of our delegation, our elected representatives to the, to the state legislature, and particularly in making sure not just that uh, these bills got put together and, and got through the legislature and the governor, but to make sure that they reflected the needs of places like San Francisco. So very pleased to be uh, joined by one of our members, I guess the most senior member of our state delegation. Please join me in welcoming Assemblymember Phil Ting. Thank you, Ed. Uh, let, let me just again thank Ed and the entire MTA team uh, for doing the fabulous job that you do. I, I know it's a very hard job, a very challenging job. You know, every day you're, you're touching uh, hundreds of thousands of members of the public, and, but you are doing really God's work in this city. Uh, Ed was totally right when he started by saying that we are growing as a city. We're trying to add more people in San Francisco, have more people work in San Francisco, live in San Francisco, but that's only going to work if Muni works. It's only going to work if we can connect bike lanes and pedestrian walkways into Muni so people can get to and from work. And that wouldn't happen without Ed's leadership or the mayor's leadership or Supervisor Breed's leadership. It's really um, absolutely wonderful and an honor to be representing San Francisco up at the state legislature. Uh, Ed, Ed was totally right. We had an amazing year. I mean, we're rolling out SB1 to, one, pave our roads and fix our roads. But we, we'd absolutely we demanded, our delegation demanded, that a chunk of that money go to transit. When it started out, it was all about just paving roads and fixing potholes. And we said, hey, that's not going to work for San Francisco. We need to make sure that there's resources into transit to help Muni to make sure people can use rail cars to get that along. The other piece of passing cap and trade, people say kind of what is, what is cap and trade? Well, cap and trade 
is a very simple idea. It says that, hey, if you're a company that's polluting the air, the air is not just something that you can just put, put pollution in, that that's something that's going to cost us to go mitigate, require cities, requires the state to figure out how to make the air cleaner. Well, one of the ways that we make the air cleaner is funding transit programs. And so this grant, this grant of $45 million came out of the Transit Inner City Rail Program. And that's a competitive program. It's a, it's a program that the MTA team had to go compete against other jurisdictions. And the fact that they were able to win the grant shows how compelling what we're doing here in San Francisco is how important it is to moving people, not just here locally, but really in our region. And so we want to be doing more of that. I am so honored to be representing San Francisco in the legislature and to be able to get things done. We see all the gridlock that's happening in Washington, that very little is getting done. Well, the exact opposite is happening in Sacramento, where every day we're trying to make a difference in people's lives on transit, on housing. Um, Ed, Ed mentioned the uh, ballot measure we, we hope to bring to people next June to raise tolls, which I know are never popular, but that's going to pay for $5 billion worth of projects. That's going to help bring high-speed rail into the Caltrain station, the, into the downtown station right there. It's going to be a huge win. It's going to be money for more money for Muni in that particular project. So again, that, that's where this money comes from. It comes from the voters, comes from your will to decide to say, hey, we're going to be transit first. We're not going to be transit first when we uh, feel like it, but when we go to the ballot box and we're going to vote for that, it really requires your requirement. And it's just, uh, again, thank you for working with us to make this, uh, make this a huge victory for all of us and look forward to keep working to make this really as transit first a city as we can. Thank you. Thank you, Assemblymember Ting. Uh, there are other, other um, elected officials that are represented here. I just want to acknowledge Daniel Chen, who's the D district director for our newest U.S. Senator Kamala Harris, Anna Avoyan, who's a district representative for Senator Scott Weiner, and Genesis Garcia, who is the district director for Assemblymember David Chu. And, and I can tell you, yeah, thank you all for being here very much. I, I can tell you, uh, uh, all three of them, obviously, are um, those electeds are, are from San Francisco, and uh, particularly for uh, uh, David Chu and Scott Weiner, when they were on the Board of Supervisors, very strong advocates for, for transit, very strong advocates for Muni, and they've, they've really taken that advocacy to Sacramento, which we're, we're benefiting from, along with the leadership of, of Assemblymember Ting. Um, but the, the Board of Supervisors has retained strong championship uh, for Muni, uh, for transit in San Francisco. And we're very lucky to have a president of the Board of Supervisors who represents the area just really immediately to the north of here that is uh, one of the more transit-dependent, more transit-using areas of the city. Very low levels of car ownership, very high levels of transit usage. So when we were uh, bringing uh, what would be somewhat of a daunting prospect to the Board of Supervisors in a $1.2 billion procurement uh, at the time, I think the largest light rail vehicle procurement in United States history, uh, we had the support uh, led by the president of the Board of Supervisors, uh, who was so uh, eager for these trains to be here. She joined me and the mayor and John Haley on a trip to Sacramento uh, earlier in the year to make sure that these cars were getting done and, of course, to make sure that the first one would be running on the end Judah line. So please join me in welcoming Supervisor London Breed, President of the Board of Supervisors. 
I kind of had to threaten Ed Riskin to get these in Judah trains, these new trains running on the in Judah. But um, in all honesty, I just really want to say I appreciate the MTA for working so hard on making sure that we push this city forward. This is a once in a generation purchase. To have these incredible new trains ready to be used, ready to be driven by the over 300 drivers that we've hired in the past couple of years. This is what's gonna change what happens with our public transportation system in the city and county of San Francisco. As someone who grew up here and depended on Muni for so many years of my life, just watching the transformation, watching Muni become more efficient, and looking towards the future, rather than doing what we need to do to repair old trains that we know are past their useful lifetime, we have these new trains that are bigger, that are better, that are stronger than ever, that are gonna take us into the next century. I'm excited about this opportunity, and I know the riders are excited about this opportunity. These trains are not only new, and they will smell a lot better than the existing trains, but more importantly, they will be able to accommodate more people and they will be quieter because they're lighter than the existing trains. So many of you who live in the neighborhoods where these trains travel, you will not hear as much noise. I mean, these are the things that we've done. They are better for the environment. They have a different seat configuration, so they could accommodate more people. So the work that we put into making sure that we got this thing right was so important, the community played a part in giving us suggestions. Those suggestions, years later, are finally playing this, themselves out through these new trains, which will be running on this in Judah line, and there are more to come. We're gonna be replacing the entire fleet. We have drivers that have been trained that are ready to go, and so I am just, just anxious to get these things on the road so that we can have a more efficient system and I can get less complaints from my constituents about Muni and its timeliness. Thank you to the drivers. Thank you to the MTA team. Thank you to all of those who have worked on this contract. Thank you to Seaman for just working with the city and being patient with us. Thank you to the mayor for his leadership on transportation issues. Thank you to Phil Ting for always bringing home the bacon. We have got to do a better job in improving our transportation system. And today we demonstrate that this is a start. We are not done. We're gonna keep moving Muni forward. Thank you all so much for being here today. Thank you, President Breed. It's great to have that kind of passion leading our Board of Supervisors and supporting transit in, in San Francisco. So I, I had mentioned, as did the, the mayor and the assembly member and the, the president, that the, the growth in San Francisco is part of what we need to accommodate on sustainable modes and, and the highest capacity sustainable mode of transportation we have in San Francisco is our light rail system. And so one of the kind of first impetuses for this rail car expansion and that then eventual replacement uh, was the central subway project that, that the mayor mentioned, an expansion of light rail service uh, from Visitation Valley up through Bayview, Dogpatch, Mission Bay, and into the heart of the city in Chinatown, one of the most densely populated neighborhoods in the United States. So this expansion uh, we got as a part of a deal we made with the federal government. And uh, the federal government entered into, we entered into a grant agreement 
uh, to the tune of $982 million, I think at the time, anyway, the biggest federal grant San Francisco had ever received. And as part of the deal, they said, we'll give you that money to build the subway, but you need to start expanding uh, your light rail service. So these first 24 cars are partly funded by the Central Subway project, uh, but were also a requirement that we had to meet in order as part of our grant obligations. And the requirement uh, was that we would have these cars in service by the time the Central Subway was done. And as I said, we are ahead of schedule. We'll have these first 20 car, 24 cars ahead uh, in service uh, well uh, in advance of the Central Subway opening. And all that w was made possible and driven by the leadership at the United States Department of Transportation and particularly the Federal Transit Administration. Federal Transit Administration is the one that oversees the grant programs uh, that authorized and supported our grant for the Central Subway, um, as well as uh, this procurement. Uh, they will be funding, in part, we expect, uh, a large part of the replacement of the existing fleet. So it's a, a partnership that we absolutely couldn't do without, one that we value significantly, and has been led here uh, in San Francisco in the Western United States for many, many years, very well and ably by the regional administrator of the FTA. Please join me in welcoming Leslie Rogers. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. As I was standing back there, I was mindful that we usually refer to everything as being all about location, location, location. But today, I think it's really about timing, timing, timing. Thank God that Ed fortuitously planned this event for today rather than yesterday. Uh, but uh, on behalf of the Federal Transit Administration, I'm especially pleased to join you all here today. As Ed mentioned, when we signed the full funding grant agreement for Central Subway, and it recognized the need for uh, uh, improvements to address an expanding and dynamic city, we also committed Muni to addressing its state of good repair needs. And as we go about systems expansion, this these light rail vehicles represent that effort to in, indeed replenish and re, um, address uh, our capital investment needs. So congratulations to Muni. Um, I sat down trying to calculate how much we really might be invested in this project. And I think I just will conclude to say it's multi-millions of dollars. Uh, but again, uh, we're very pleased to join you here today. As a resident of San Francisco and a daily Muni rider, I can tell you how very much I'm looking forward to uh, the rollout of these vehicles. And I will conclude with two words. Let's roll. Thank you, Leslie, and thanks for your many, many years of great leadership and support for good transit in San Francisco and the region and the whole western part of the United States. Um, so at the federal level, that support was critical, and, and likewise at the state. Uh, Assemblymember Ting made reference to the cap-and-trade program, $86 million of cap-and-trade funds in this procurement. We will be submitting our application in the coming weeks for the, the next round of funding uh, for which uh, we hope to be as equally competitive and successful. And a lot of that, uh, the existence of that program, the focus of that program uh, on transportation, recognizing the linkage between air quality 
and transportation has been from the leadership of the California State Transportation Agency, Secretary Brian Kelly, who was appointed by Governor Brown to lead that agency and really to uh, bring the, the cap and trade program as well as many other programs supportive of good transportation in California into being. So we're very pleased to be joined by De Deputy Secretary of Transportation, Kate White. She herself is from San Francisco, so she gets it not only at a policy level from Sacramento, but as somebody who, who rides Muni herself. So please join me in welcoming Deputy Secretary Kate White. Good morning, San Francisco. It is absolutely wonderful to be here today. Um, thank you very much uh, to everyone for the invitation. Um, love to be home, have the chance to come home for this wonderful occasion. And I wanted to give greetings from uh, Secretary Brian Kelly and the, the Secretary's office in Sacramento. And I am very pleased to be here to celebrate one of the very first California climate investments out of our cap and trade program. Um, I recently heard a quote that the future happens first in San Francisco. And at uh, the state, we are thrilled to be investing in that future, both climate investments and, as several uh, speakers mentioned, also recently passed Senate Bill 1. Um, the transportation funding package provides a great new opportunity to invest more uh, seriously, gen a new generation in transit and rail across California. So uh, please, uh, thank you, thank you, and um, I wanted to uh, welcome the new, the new train car here to, uh, to San Francisco and see it as part of the future of decarbonizing, um, creating a more s sustainable, resilient future. Thank you. Thank you, Kate. So there's federal support, there's state support, and then, of course, the local support is, is crucial. Our county transportation authority, under the leadership of Executive Director Tilly Chang, its chair Aaron Peskin, Vice Chair Katie Tang, have really been uh, critical to our being able to put together the funding and do the planning uh, so that we can do things like get the central subway done, uh, get this, this largest ever light rail procurement done. So we're very pleased to be joined by our great partner, uh, Deputy Director of the County Transportation Authority, Maria Lombardo. Hello, I'm very pleased to be here today. On behalf of our chair, Aaron Peskin, and the entire Transportation Authority, I want to start by echoing congratulations to Ed and the entire SFMTA on reaching another milestone ahead of schedule. Let's keep that up. Um, as has been said before, I really have to recognize that making an investment of this significance is a team effort, and we are so fortunate to have a wonderful set of team players from the federal level, the state level, Mary Lee, the Board of Supervisors, the MTA, and so on. I want to add to that team, though, a very important group, which is San Francisco residents and voters. Yay, 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 right? <laughs> so thanks to their foresight, back in 1989, we authorized the first half-cent transportation sales tax for San Francisco, which was reauthorized in 2003. Under the direction of the Transportation Authority Board, we allocated $131 million to this base procurement contract with Siemens for the LRVs. That was the largest single grant we have ever made from the sales tax program. And it is very fitting that that was the grant, because there is no single investment we can make 
that immediately touches so many people, makes transit ridership safer, more reliable, and heck, more fun. So we're very proud, and we have more sales tax dollars in line for the next options to expand our fleet even further. And I just want to say we need this team to stay together because we're looking forward to working to secure additional regional measure three, that's the bridge toll increase Ed mentioned, the Senate Bill 1 funds, cap and trade funds, and potentially local new revenue measures to expand the fleet, but also to upgrade and expand the facilities so we can keep these running perfectly through the end of their useful lives. Thank you. Thank you, Maria, for reminding us of the, the importance of the voters and their foresight and sometimes making difficult decisions we ask of them that are going to impact their, their pocketbooks and wallets. Uh, there are going to be uh, possibly and likely uh, many such occasions coming up in 2018, a bridge toll measure, possibly a local revenue measure here, again in San Francisco, uh, possibly a statewide measure that might be working in the other direction. So uh, we, we need to do our job to continue to ed educate our own voters uh, so that the, the next generation of us standing here can look back on 2018 and 2020 uh, as, again, foresightful, uh, good voting <laughs> by, the, by the people of San Francisco. So it's a great reminder. The first vote that had to take place in order to advance this project, again, I, maybe I'm repeating myself, but the largest ever light rail vehicle procurement in United States history, the first vote to move that forward uh, was put before the SFMTA Board of Directors. And um, it was a big ask that we were making of them, um, and, and they came through. And I, I want to acknowledge the leadership of our chair, Cheryl Brinkman, our vice chair, Malcolm Heineke, who I know himself is a, a daily rider uh, of the light rail system. I know from the frequent feedback that, uh, that John Haley and I get uh, when things aren't quite as they should be, and, and those inc incidences will become less and less as more and more of the new trains come into service. We're joined today by Lee Shu, uh, one of our directors, and also would like to ask Joel Ramos, uh, another one of our directors, to come forward on behalf of the board. Good morning, everyone. Uh, if there was ever a day to wear a bow tie, today is that day as a, as a director. I couldn't be more proud and pleased uh, to, to, uh, to welcome these trains onto our streets. Uh, you know, the, the, the most exciting thing about it as a daily and judo rider, uh, I, I'm wakened every day at about 5.30 in the morning by the sound of these trains going by my apartment. Uh, and so to hear that they're going to be lighter is, is going to be very welcomed. Most importantly, though, I think uh, we're all just trying to get to work. We're all just trying to get to school reliably and in a time that we can predict and move at the speed of, of commerce and to really grow the economic vitality of this city. And, and these trains, uh, the reliability of them, in addition to the great new train smell that I'm so excited to experience, they're going to provide the reliability that so many of us depend on. Even if you're not a regular transit rider, you depend on these trains to keep our streets clear and, and moving. Uh, if we can just get those double parkers out of the way of the new trains, uh, they'll move a lot faster as well. Um, and we're working on that too. Um, uh, I'm also really excited about the potential for the new capacity of these trains. I, I get on in the sunset, and by the time we get to Carl and Cole, there's sometimes not enough room to let folks on. These trains, the way they're oriented, the seats are going to be out to, uh, facing this way. And so uh, we're going to be able to squeeze a lot more folks on there, and there will be a whole lot less people that are told, oh, there's a train right behind you, right? Um, and so uh, looking forward to that and seeing, again, 
us being able to deliver a reliable service that, that San Franciscans can depend on. This wouldn't have happened without the leadership, the, the really uh, the great leadership of, of everyone that's been mentioned so far. I'm not going to repeat all the names because they, well, there's a lot of other people to mention. We've got our former chair of the MTA, Mr. Tom Nolan, who's back here joining us. Couldn't keep him away from this event. 12 years of leadership on the board of directors. Uh, it's really too bad that, uh, that Senator Scott Wiener couldn't be here today because he was such a wind in the sails of getting transportation victories for this city, uh, and we need that kind of leadership for these hard fights. Um, but I really do want to reemphasize uh, the, 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 the vision of this city and the residents of this city. We truly are a world-class city, and if that's not a testament to it, I don't know what is. So thank you all for, for, uh, for the vision of implementing this service, uh, and let's get this train on the road. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I didn't see the former chair here, but now he's the former chair. I don't really have to acknowledge him because he's not my boss anymore. But, but I do want to give a special shout out to Tom Nolan. Uh, it was actually when uh, under his leadership of the board that we brought forward the central subway, brought forward this procurement, and uh, we would not be here today without, uh, but for his leadership. So, so thank you for that. And so, with all of the the firepower that you've heard from represented here. Uh, that, that put together the money, that put together the leadership, that authorized and approved all of this to happen, someone actually had to do the work. Um, and that's where uh, some might say the, the hard part really begins. Somebody had to execute on this promise that we made to our funders, to our policymakers, most importantly to our riders and to the public. And uh, the person who was at the tip of the spear for our agency, but even coordinating beyond our agency with the fire department, police department, the mayor's office on disability, the, the rest of the, the city family uh, is our transit dir director who has made this project a, a passion of his uh, for the last few years. Uh, and, and in terms of, of timing, as I mentioned, in terms of being uh, ahead of schedule, uh, the process to get to we are, where we are today typically would be on the order of four or five years. Uh, because of John Haley's leadership, we're here uh, closer to three years. So please join me in welcoming our director of transit, John Haley. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Thank you, Ed. Uh, good morning, everyone. Let me start by uh, making an official announcement. Uh, this is, in fact, uh, the title to this car. So the city of San Francisco now has an extra asset added to its inventory. And the good news is uh, President Breed it has that new car smell. <laughs> so uh, let, me, uh, let, me, let me again uh, thank everyone. But uh, most importantly, I think, um, as Ed mentioned, this is a uh, complex uh, endeavor in a very complex system. Um, I think we were able to uh, assemble a group of people who, where others may have found problems uh, together with our partners from Siemens, and all the help from the transit team and people throughout the agency, this group really um, solved problems. And that got us to where we are today in the time that we are. I do want to first make a special shout out because this, this uh, process was closely watched and monitored throughout the, um, we, you may remember the, the first car arrived January, Friday the 13th. 
So in the last nine months, we've been closely monitored by the CPUC, who's been um, our oversight agency, who's been available, who's taken rides with us, who's really helped make a very cumbersome process easier to understand and help us work through problems. I also want to note our own system safety folks, uh, Melvin Henry and Mike Kerchansky, I can see them, who worked with us to get not only the documentation done, but to make sure that everything that you're going to see is the safe and most reliable uh, car we can provide. Let me start again by saying uh, when we started this process uh, a few years back, it seems like um, we can break it into segments. It's been uh, the three years has been on the one hand very fast moving and on the other hand recognizing the need and uh, to provide safer and more reliable transportation. Let me first acknowledge two people, uh, Trin Nguyen, who was, uh, who put who put together this complex arrangement, built the team, and got us off to the right start. Mike Ellis, who capped a glorious mechanical career uh, here at the M excuse me, here at the SFMTA, and is principally responsible for applying all the bad things, all the lessons learned from the Boeing cars and the Breda cars to our new cars. And when the cars arrived, we needed an implementation team. Um, I want to acknowledge Janet Gallegos, who has got us home as the project manager. Janet uh, her, worked tirelessly with her team, Mike Moda, who has uh, been our chief engineer and has worked with Siemens to solve countless technical problems. Uh, it's not easy to design a complex vehicle and drop it in our system, but uh, we were able to identify and address any concerns and issues. Uh, Doug Lee, Doug, are you somewhere? And this, this was a group, and finally on the kind of full-time dedicated team, I want to acknowledge Manny Enriquez. Manny is somewhere here. Manny, for, for the last nine months, has been out overnight, virtually every night, five, six, sometimes seven nights a week to help us hit this deadline. And he's probably inside because I, I, I realize at this point he's no longer used to sunlight. So um, I'm sure he's glad that we'll be getting uh, these trains in service. But congratulations to all of them. And finally, I, I do want to recognize some of the other people who contributed uh, a lot of their time while they continued to, to do their daily responsibility. Scott Broder, who worked masterfully with us with uh, the platform adjustments. I see Lisa Walton from IT, who's worked with us in resolving system problems. Terry Fahey, Young Lalali with the track crew. Part of what was done was constant adjust adjustment to fit a highly technical vehicle onto our system, which also has to accommodate PCCs and Breda cars. Not in not an easy task. Um, Randy Katnack and Lee Summerlot from Rail Maintenance who kept the system going while we drained a lot of key staff to, uh, to work on the LRV4. So um, it, it is from me an honest and, and straightforward, sincere thank you. Job well done. One down and 264 to go. Thank you, John. I, 
And again, a lot of folks to acknowledge, but our finance folks, our legal team, our procurement folks, our materials folks, other agencies, a lot of folks coming together to make something like this happen. We did go through a, a rigorous competitive process to select the company that would build these cars, uh, and we were happy that uh, who, what came out of that uh, was Siemens, uh, in part because they're based right here in, in California. Once we were through the competitive process, we really joined with them in partnership, uh, worked as an integrated team to get these cars here. Uh, we're very proud that they're designed and built right here in California. And uh, you know, back to the, the schedule point, we're at a state now where they want to continue to advance the schedule and essentially they're ready to send cars here as fast as we can take them and pay for them. So that's a, that's a good challenge uh, for us to have. And that's thanks to the leadership of the president uh, of Siemens. Please join me in welcoming Michael Cahill. Thank you, Ed, and thank you, everybody, for, uh, for helping us celebrate what's a great day um, for putting this first car into a, a world-class city, and we hope it'll be a world-class car to go with it. We, we build light rail cars for, for cities all across the nation, but there's something very, very special about putting a car in the city of San Francisco, not only because it's such a great city, but also because we learn a lot in a working with a team like John Haley's team, including all the people he mentioned, we, even though we've been doing this for more than 30 years, have learned an awful lot about how to do things right. The one thing that I didn't realize that we were doing is we're contributing to, uh, to the supervisor's sleeping time by making them quieter, which we hope will work, and also the new car smell. The, um, the, the result of the car that you see here is, is the result of a lot of people's work, including the, the teams, and I have to give a shout out to our team, led the, the project team led by VRL Anoyu, who's up here, um, and his staff that worked very tirelessly on this. And as John said, it wasn't just a, uh, it wasn't just a single day, it's a seven day a week effort. But what most impressed me about this project was working with the MTA, with the SFMTA. It, it truly is a partnership, and it's thanks to the leadership of John Haley and Ed Riskin, but also thanks to all of the people that worked on this. We're extremely proud. We have 1,200 people who contributed uh, to building these cars in Sacramento, and it's really a great day for us. And we're very proud to have something that's not only designed in California, but also built in California. Thank you very much. Thank you, Michael. And I don't know if you caught it, but President Breed said these trains are meant to last us into the next century. So I think we need about 85 years of useful life out of these. So the stakes are high here. So I, I know unlike this uh, procurement, this, this event is running a little behind schedule, but we do want to ask your indulgence for, for one more minute. Uh, and I want to ask the, the mayor and um, the daughter of Larry Martin, Iris Martin Lopez, to come forward for a, a special commemoration uh, that we're doing um, in honor of Larry Martin, uh, Iris's father, who is a, a great leader, a community leader in the city, a great labor leader in the city. The, the mayor mentioned the importance uh, of labor. They're the ones who actually do all the work. Um, they're the ones who inform the design of this vehicle, who operate and maintain uh, the existing vehicles, uh, who provide all the, the background work uh, in order to make Muni run every day. And uh, Muni was very lucky uh, to have Larry Martin join as an employee back in 1966, uh, rose quickly uh, through the ranks of union leadership to become president of the local here and then an international vice 
president for the Transport Workers Union, served in a number of capacities on different boards and commissions in the city, and really, I'd say, play an outsized role, played an outsized role in the, the leadership of the city, always representing labor, always representing the working people uh, of the city. And so it's with uh, that in mind that we dedicate this first rail car, and this was the, this was the mayor's idea, so I want to make sure he gets the credit for this, dedicate this, this first rail car uh, to his memory. So we want to ask the mayor and uh, Larry's daughter to unveil a replica of the plaque uh, that will honor Larry Martin as we put this first new car into service. So we have new rail cars, new seats, new diagnostic systems, new smells. But we will not ever forget the people that run this whole system. And I am honored to be with Iris because her father was someone who I first worked for at my very first job. He was the president of the Human Rights Commission when I was its first director. He then served over five mayors before he ultimately retired. And I had the privilege of appointing him to his last commission so he could have fun. That was the Recreation and Park Commission. And you should have seen Larry at those 49er games in Candlestick, having great fun and bringing his family with him. Uh, but I want to also say uh, I honor the people who work the system every day. Because when I first met Larry, I used to kind of complain as a new employee of the city why I was faced with so many people that had pretty sharp opinions and would sometimes curse, sometimes threaten, sometimes do all the things that sometimes a public in their most emotional states will do. And so he, as the president of the Transport Worker Union, said, well, Mr. Lee, let me tell you what my day was like. <laughs> and he would talk about people who were spat on and cursed on and they were just trying to smile and get people to work into school. So I had nothing to complain about after those sessions. We shared our stories about civic employees and about our standard of being the greatest and the best public servants in the worst type of situations sometimes. And again, that's my way of saying thank you to TWU, the Teamsters who work on the mechanics every day and will repair all the labor unions but mostly to take this opportunity to thank Iris and the family for supporting and giving us a great leader in Larry Martin. Iris? I just want to say thank you to everyone who was behind the dedication. My dad was a very um, strong force to be reckoned with, um, especially with his labor leadership, and he loved the city and county of San Francisco and he would just be very proud to be here today and just I'm just so pleased and thrilled. Thank you everyone. Okay, well he is here today in spirit and now we're gonna cut the ribbon and as Leslie said, then we're gonna roll. So folks here can uh, line up.
December 28, 1912, San Francisco Mayor Sonny Jim Rolfe stared into a sea of 50,000 of his constituents who had gathered at the intersection of Geary and Kearney. The throngs of San Franciscans had assembled to savor a moment in history, the birth of the first publicly owned transit system in a major American city, the San Francisco Municipal Railway, Muni as it would come to be known. Happy birthday, Muni. Here's to the next hundred years. The birth of Muni had been a long time coming. For over 60 years, the city's transit system was a disjointed conglomerate of privately owned companies. Horse-drawn conveyances commingled with steam, electric, and cable-powered vehicles, creating a hodgepodge of transit options, none of them particularly satisfying to city residents. The city's transportation system, like the city itself, would undergo an upheaval of monumental proportions on April 18, 1906, during the Great San Francisco Earthquake. The devastation that ensued from the 8.4 tremor and the fires that raged for three days in its aftermath would change the face of San Francisco's transportation system once again. Facilitated by under-the-table payments by city boss Abe Roof, overhead wiring was strung on a decimated Market Street just 10 days after the quake, ushering in the era of the electric streetcar on Market Street. The writing was on the wall. The clamor had begun for a new civic experiment, the progressive vision of publicly owned utilities, including a public transit system owned by the people and for the people. The idea of a consolidated city-owned and operated transit system had finally begun to gain traction. And in 1909, in its fourth attempt at passage, voters went to the polls and approved a bond measure that would create a city-owned streetcar line. The People's Railway, as it was called, would become a reality three years later. On December 28, 1912, Mayor Sonny Jim Rolfe, to great fanfare, introduced the new Geary Electric Streetcar Line and the new San Francisco Municipal Railway, which he promised would become the nucleus of a mighty system of streetcar lines, which would someday encompass the entire city. San Francisco's selection to host the Panama Pacific International Exposition gave further incentive to expand the city's embryonic transit network. A decision was made to link the Panama Pacific's exposition grounds to downtown by way of a tunnel leading into Chinatown and North Beach. On December 29, 1914, the first streetcar was driven through the Stockton Tunnel. Just over two years after its birth, Muni had added five permanent lines. Construction of the J Church Line and the Twin Peaks Tunnel followed, as did the K, L, and M lines that fanned out from West Portal. In 1928, the N. Judah Line opened, heading west to Ocean Beach through the new Sunset Tunnel. In 1944, San Francisco voters finally approved Muni's takeover of the Market Street Railway. By then, motor bus and trolley bus improvement had given those vehicles the ability to conquer San Francisco's hills. After the war, most of the streetcar lines would be replaced with motor or trolley bus service. In 1947, Mayor Roger Lapham advocated replacing the Powell Mason and Washington Jackson cable car line with motor coaches. And it appeared that San Francisco's iconic cable cars had seen their final days. Enter Friedel Klussman. 
Mrs. Klusman became the leader of the Citizens Committee to Save the Cable Cars. Arguing that the cable cars were a symbol of the city, Klusman championed a charter amendment to preserve the cable cars, which was placed on the November ballot. It passed overwhelmingly. The California Street Cable Railroad Company, which also ran lines on O'Farrell, Jones, and Hyde Streets, was purchased by the city in 1952. There were cutbacks to the cable car system, and as of 1957, only three lines would remain. The Powell Mason, Powell Hyde, and the California Street lines. The three lines that exist today. In 1964, the cable car's future as part of San Francisco's transit system was sealed when it was proclaimed a National Historic Landmark. In February 1980, Muni Metro was officially inaugurated with weekday N-line service in the subway. During that same year, two years after Muni pioneered paratransit service in 1978, it received its first fleet of buses equipped with wheelchair lifts. In 1982, when the city's cable car system underwent a two-year shutdown, a historic trolley festival was established as an alternate attraction to the city's storied cable cars. The festival was a huge hit in the summer of 83 and would continue through the next four summers while a renewed interest in a permanent F-line that would extend all the way to Fisherman's Wharf gained momentum. As of the year 2000, the F-line to Fisherman's Wharf was in place. In 2007, Muni completed construction of its T-3rd line, extending rail service to the city's southeast corner and returning streetcar service to 3rd Street for the first time in 60 years. In the course of the last 100 years, Muni's diverse workforce, forged by men and women of innovation, has reflected the many cultures that flock to the city. Muni's groundbreaking anti-discrimination and accessibility policies crafted through the years have guaranteed equal opportunity for all. The city's Transit First policy mandates the course for the future as the SFMTA works diligently to increase mobility options, pursue multimodal transit alternatives, reduce the city's carbon footprint, and improve the quality of life for all residents. It continues to grow and improve its system with projects such as the Central Subway and Van Ness Bus Rapid Transit. During this centennial year, we reflect back on Muni's colorful history and look ahead to the future of our transit system. Driven not by wires or steel cable, but by the indomitable spirit of the people of San Francisco. Good morning, everyone. My name is Todd Rufo, Director of the Office of Economic and Workforce Development. It's so great to be here this morning at the San Francisco Museum of Ice Cream. I want to thank Manish Vora and his entire team here for hosting us for this event. Um, this is uh, a special day. We're doing the fourth annual uh, launch of the Mayor's Shop and Dine in the 49 local shopping campaign. Uh, this is a really big deal because it's a partnership between a great many members of the small business community and the neighborhood, neighborhoods throughout the city focused on helping San Franciscans spend more money in our local commercial corridors and at our small businesses in San Francisco. But it's also an opportunity to celebrate the entrepreneurs that are making, that keep San Francisco strong, that are keeping the city thriving and vibrant. 
One of the things that uh, I'm really excited about and really want to focus on today is the incredible partnership of all the members of the small business community that are here today. I particularly want to thank Jason Lalek. Where are you, Jason? Raise your hand. I know you're always. Hi, Jason Lalek from Small from uh, Shop Small Saturday. Thank you so much for your for, for your partnership and uh, your continued collaboration. We have uh, Mark Dwight, the president of the Small Business Commission, here today. Regina Dickendrizi. Uh, the director of our Office of Small Business. The Council of District Merchants has been such a critical partner of ours as well. Uh, we've got Henry Kornilowitz here from the Council, as well as Vas Kaniris as well from the Council of District Merchants. You know, one of the things that we're really proud of uh, and, and really uh, inspired by is, is our mayor, Mayor Ed Lee. Uh, the mayor came to us four years ago, the Office of Econ Economic and Workforce Development, and said, I challenge you to create a program and a campaign that gets more shopping done in our local neighborhoods, to increase the amount of spending, to support jobs and small businesses, but also support taxes and the, the vitality of our neighborhoods. And we, uh, through the incredible work of Marianne Thompson and Gloria Chan, Joaquin Torres, uh, in the Office of Economic Workforce Development, launched this program to do exactly that, to encourage and challenge San Franciscans to spend more in our local small business communities. Mayor Lee has done more than any mayor that I know to, uh, to invest and support small businesses, directing more money and investing more money than any administration, previous mayoral administration, uh, in the city's history to support small businesses through the Invest in Neighborhoods program, by launching a small business portal, by meeting, by meeting constantly uh, with our small business leaders and as a tireless advocate for the issues that they care about most. It's my honor and privilege to uh, introduce Mayor Lee. Thank you. Thank you. Todd, good morning, everybody. Let me correct Todd, because I want to make sure you understood the challenge. I challenged him to find me more ice cream. <laughs> that was the real challenge. And I'm really happy to be here at our ice cream museum. This is one of those innovative ideas, very unique uh, to the city. And of course, they're getting booked up like crazy. And we're in the heart of our shopping in Union Square. And of course, the chief and I, we already have enough challenges we need some opportunities to smile. And of course, we're about to jump into this Spreckle Pool. So uh, you know, to forgive us if we have too much fun. Uh, but this is, uh, the holidays are beginning. Uh, we're gonna have lots of fun. I want people to not just come to the city, but take advantage of really supporting the backbone of our business community, small businesses. And people here, Karen Flood knows, Union Square, uh, is at the heart of a lot of things that we do during the holidays. You got Jeffrey's Toys, one of my favorites. Uh, they're a legacy business in the city and keep supporting them. You know, I have all of the different business associations that are working together with us. But the experience is all about fun, safe fun. And that's why the chief and I will be doing a lot of things over the holidays to make safe shoppers programs, to provide the safety level that people have, reduce uh, the harm reduction. Uh, program on our streets, make sure uh, people, as many people can get off of our streets. We're working on those hard things. But in between those very difficult, challenging things, we want to work with our business community to provide safe, fun for the kids that will be here, thousands of kids over the holidays, families, uh, people uh, from all over the world that are taking advantage of this wonderful city that we have. And we're doing this with programs, yes, that we funded, but we want to make sure that uh, everything else is working for folks on the long term. Small businesses are so important to cities like San Francisco. 
more than the backbone, they, they provide the innovative, the cultural diversity all over our neighborhoods. This is one big area. But listen, Shop and Dine in the 49 is about shopping in all of our neighborhoods. Allow them to give you cultural innovation, small business innovations, shopping small uh, innovation. Because, you know, when people put their entire lives behind their small businesses, you should see the innovation that comes out of their ideas, their service. Uh, their, their, their good uh, patronages of, of products and designs that are locally sensitive and culturally really rich. Uh, so I want to say thank you to this museum for starting out of their innovation. And you got kids that are, I think they already got ice cream in them because they're jumping up and down before they even come in. Uh, to our restaurants, I know our Golden Gate Restaurant Association is going to be very full this year. Probably hard to get uh, reservations, but persevere, use every app that you can, or like I do, walk in with a $5 bill or something, hand somebody, then they'll give you a seat. <laughs> the old-fashioned way. Uh, but uh, I know Mark is excited because small businesses really are kind of our engine, and they're creating even more, and they, they, they not only love our support, we love supporting them. Uh, but I want to emphasize Shop and Dine in the 49, go to that app, uh, if you really want to have a lot of information about uh, those stores. And we'll be on the streets to make sure everybody is safe and, and uh, enjoying themselves. Uh, and of course, this is Thanksgiving, so uh, I, we're going to, uh, just after this, we're going to be handing out a lot of turkeys to people in their need. And, you know, we have fire victims up north that are in need. Uh, we have people on the streets that are in need. I want to make sure that the spirit, the principles that we operate on are right in front of us, right, uh, right uh, in uh, the, uh, the front of everything that we do, that we support everybody that needs that help. And that's why these businesses are wonderful, because they are often the untold, un unknown heroes that come out and do a lot of gift donations and support that never gets covered. And I want the media, cover them, cover all of our small businesses uh, as they really are uh, the, the help that we want to have. So thank you very much, everybody, and shop and dine in 49. Happy holidays. Thank you, Mayor. You know, as the mayor said, uh, this holiday season, it's not about shopping, just about shopping local, um, but it's also about shopping safe. It's my honor to welcome uh, our fantastic chief of police, Chief Scott. Good morning, everybody. I couldn't have said it better than Mayor Lee, and this, this place is, uh, it just feels fun in here, so I'm not a big ice cream eater, but my entire family is, so I'm sure I'll be here many times during the holidays. This is my favorite time of year, and it is my favorite time of year because the holiday season, Thanksgiving, the holiday season, it brings out the best in community. It's a time where we are selfless, we give, we come together as a community, and definitely shop and dine in the 49 is, is I think, the way to go. This time last year, even before I uh, got hired by Mayor Lee to be the chief here, we were here during this period last year, and I remember walking around, basically walking around this area and, and just going to the different businesses, and it was, um, it was an experience. And for those of you that have lived here all your lives, when you come here from another city and experience this great city, it is, really something to behold. So we want to make sure that that experience is shared 
and that people can do that safely. So I have a couple of tips that I want to share with you. Um, I have a long list, but I'm going to be very quick in reading, rattling off this list of safety tips. First of all, cell phones. We all have them. We all use them. And sometimes I'm as guilty of it as, as anybody else. I'm walking and I'm texting and I'm, I'm on the phone and I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing. Take a minute and pay attention to your surroundings. And I know we are a cell phone generation. We live on these things, but they can be very distracting. And it's really important that when you are shopping, particularly when you're going to the bank and the ATM, uh, you're buying things for your family and your loved ones, pay attention to your surroundings. There's nothing more important than vigilance. And if we are, if we are to be a resilient city, there's some basic things that we can do. If you're using your ATM, Block your PIN number so it's not visible. Um, really basic thing, but unfortunately, we still have people in our society that will make a living and make a profit off of stealing PIN numbers and then uh, getting into your bank account and taking your funds. So block your PIN numbers. Make sure you look at your surroundings when you're at the ATM. No matter where you are, look at your surroundings. If you are driving to your location, number one, public transportation is great here. Take advantage of public transportation. But if you are driving, make sure that you lock your car, first of all. Make sure that you put things away that are visible. If you have a trunk, put it in the trunk. Don't leave valuables in your car. We have a, a program that we're calling Park Smart. It's been very successful. But what that means is to park smart. Don't leave your valuables in your car for somebody else to take them away. The last thing that you want to do is have your holiday season ruined by somebody else breaking your car window and taking out the things that you work hard to provide for your family and your friends and your loved ones. So park smart. Next thing, if you are, are shopping, make sure that when you, some people will shop and they'll go and they'll load up their car and then they'll go and they shop. There's some things that you can do to prevent being an easy, easy victim for that. If you are shopping, uh, if you're going to load your car, take the time to move your car to another location because people do, people that are going to prey on innocent people, they do watch what you do. So move your car around. I know it's a little bit of an inconvenience, but it does help. Um, if, you're, if you're walking around with packages and loaded, loaded up arm to arm, again, pay attention to your surroundings because you don't want to become easy prey. Our city overall is a very safe city, but there are things that we can do to be resilient and to be vigilant. And some of these things, they may sound like common sense, but when you're Caught in the moment of the day, sometimes you, you lose track of what you're doing and you do get distracted. So the main thing is to pay attention. Pay attention, pay attention to what you're doing. And if you do that, your resiliency goes up and your vigilance goes up. And the last thing is look out for your neighbors. If you see something, say something. Um, the cell phones that I just mentioned, be safe in doing so, but if you have a situation where you need to call 311 or 911, do that. 911 is an emergency situation. If somebody's getting attacked, if you, you see a crime in progress, that's a 911 call. If your car gets broken into and there's no danger, that's a 311 call. We will get there, we, get, we will take a report, or you can do that report online. But I want to end this on a positive note. I started this with this season is all about giving, sharing, and taking care of each other. And I think if we do that, that is the resilient San Francisco that we all know that we can be. So let's take care of each other. Let's be a community and enjoy your holiday season. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chief.
As I mentioned earlier, the Shop and Dine the 49 campaign is a partnership uh, with the small business community, but also with other government leaders. Uh, it's my honor to, rec to uh, introduce and recognize Julie Klaus, our SBA district uh, representative, who's newly appointed just uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, come on up, Julie. Good morning. So first off, I'd like to say thank you, Mayor Lee and Chief Scott, for your great support of the small business community. Um, SBA is a really proud to co-sponsor, again, a Small Business Saturday with American Express and Women Impacting Public Policy. They have been tremendous supporters of this initiative across the country, and I know Jason and Lynn are here today, and I know we have a representative from American Express. So thank you for your dedication and your support of the small business community. So we have been uh, part of this, or the Small Business Saturday has been around since 2010. And it's really been exciting to watch this initiative grow year after year. I think last year was a record-breaking year with about 112 million consumers out shopping small and dining small across the country. I think they saw a 68% increase in the neighborhood champions. So I know this year with all this momentum and excitement, maybe fueled by a little sugar from the ice cream, that we can even beat those numbers. So I'm really looking forward to seeing everyone out and about on Saturday in your various communities. So why small business? I mean, we all know small businesses create jobs, they fuel the local economy, spark innovation. That's all true. But small businesses are more than that. They are actually what makes our communities unique. It helps us define our neighborhoods. So when you support a small business, you are supporting your friends and neighbors. They tend to hire from the local community. They tend to support local initiatives, philanthropic events. So when these small businesses thrive, we all benefit. So at SBA, of course, we're here to be your small business resource. So any small business owners out there today, just you have the skills and the talent and the ambition but if you ever need a little bit of help, SBA is here to help you as well, whether you need some counseling, training, financial assistance, or you're looking for new opportunities such as exporting or government contracting, please remember to call upon us. But the message for the takeaway today is Saturday. Please go out, take your friends and neighbors, remind them it is Small Business Saturday, go shop at your favorite local merchants, uh, go dine at your favorite local restaurants, and if you have out-of-town guests, this is the perfect time to show off all those fun places that you love and adore to patronize on a daily basis. So encourage everyone to amplify this message and encourage all your friends and neighbors to shop small and dine small. Thank you, Julie. Um, as you all know, what this ultimately is about is about the small businesses. And we are doing this to support them to support their vitality in the city. And it's an honor to be able to, to welcome up uh, Matthew Lund, uh, who's the owner of Jeffrey's Toys. Now, Jeffrey's Toys uh, was nominated by Mayor Lee as a legacy business. They've been around uh, since 1938 uh, in San Francisco, and that's a really long time. I know Matthew's going to explain a little bit more about their story, but uh, I want to welcome you up here to tell that story for all of us. Thank you. First off, I want to say that um, my dad and my stepmom are the owners of Jeffrey's Toys. I am here as one of the supporters of Jeffrey's Toys. Because you know, when I was born, um, it was uh, not, it was pretty unusual that my parents owned the, uh, the, the most family-run toy stores in the Bay Area. Probably not a normal way to grow up as a kid. Pretty awesome when it's your birthday or it's a holiday, right? But um, 
my parents didn't start the toy stores, Jeffrey's Toys. My grandparents owned and operated Jeffrey's Toys before them, and then before them, my great-grandparents were really the ones that started the toy stores. It's like, wow, what a great way to grow up. And you know what all that creativity and play and uniqueness did to me? It made me want to continue to live a life where I could play and be creative. And I ended up working at Pixar at the very beginning when the studio began on Toy Story. It's no coincidence, right? <laughs> and you better believe that when we needed to get reference on what toys were going to be in that film, you know the Toy Story we went to. We went to Jeffrey's Toys for Toy Story. One, two, three. And I've spent over my half, half of my life at Pixar, which has been awesome. But then when I heard that the toy store was being closed down on Market Street, it broke my heart. I was like, this cannot be possible in a city that is all about creativity and play and uniqueness. We can't lose Jeffrey's toys. So that's when I came in and I said to my dad and my stepmom, there's no way we're letting this happen. And then with the support of this city, with the support of the mayor, the legacy program, we were able to just open up our toy store once again in the city just a couple months ago. So we think, we think we can still safely say we've been here since 1966. But you know, in a world of Amazon and Walmart and all this, people still want an experience. People still want to come in, be able to touch the toys, be able to touch the products, to be able to have an experience. The same kind of experience you get when you see a film, right? People still want that. And in a city that is the most, in my opinion, the most creative, unique city in the world, we got to have a toy store. we got to have shopping and dining experiences that are one of a kind. So we're so happy to be part of this shop and dine in the 49. And once again, since 1966, creating a fun place, a creative place for people to come and buy their toys. So thank you. In, in closing, uh, I think Matthew hit on a good point, which this isn't just about shopping, it's just about dining, this is about experiencing in the 49. And I obviously believe that there's no better place to spend the holidays, uh, but also year-round, than here in San Francisco. Uh, and on that note, on the note of experience, I think uh, with the closing of this, uh, this event, I think, uh, Manish, you're going to take uh, all of us on a little tour of the ice cream museum here, and maybe uh, the chief and uh, everybody here can join the mayor, and maybe we go and check out the uh, sprinkle pool just down the way and uh, see everything that the ice cream museum has to offer. So thank you all for being here today. Thank you to all of our partners for your support for this incredible program. Have a wonderful and safe holiday season. Thank you.
Okay, we'll reconvene the uh, Personnel Committee of the San Francisco County Transportation Authority in open session. Uh, the committee met in closed session to discuss the performance evaluation and recommend approval of the uh, executive director's performance objectives for 2018 um, and uh, found uh, the work of the executive director to be uh, very good and exceptionally good in all cases. Uh, and in closed session, um, we uh, want to, we took action to recommend an annual compensation for the executive director for 2018 in the amount of a 4% uh, wage increase. Is there a motion not to disclose the contents of the closed session? So moved. Made by Commissioner Tang, and we'll take that without objection. Uh, and uh, with that, is there any introduction of new items? Mr. Councillor Taylor, please come forward. The, uh, the action on compensation should be taken in open session. So. Okay, so uh, Mr. Clerk, if you could read item number four. Item four, recommend annual compensation for the executive director for 2018. This is an action item. Okay, is there a motion to increase the pay for the executive director for 2018 in the amount of 4%? So. Moved by okay. Commissioner Kim and seconded by Commissioner Tang, and we will take that without objection. Uh, and thank you, Ms. Chang, for your work in 2017 and to all of your staff. And with that, is there any introduction of new items? Is there any public comment on items four or five? Seeing none, public comment is closed. And is there any general public comment? Seeing none, public comment is closed, and we are adjourned.